as people come through guests to helper, to table helper and host, and then on through kind of this world of what's possible to serve at your local parish. And I think when that's embraced and that's done well, we get less burnout at the top because we're readily available with new people, new blood, new replacements that maybe they've had the option to see a little bit more of what that entails. Um, and that's one of those areas as well that churches can cut corners on because, you know, I've got to now I've got to kind of manage a couple extra volunteers. I maybe have to coach a little bit. I've got to get to know them. But isn't that part of what Alpha is? It's about building these connections with each other, too. And so it's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, it's an opportunity to take these connections, these relationships and build them even more to the body of the church. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leadership Podcast. My name is Ron Huntley. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm so glad you have. That's just so cool. Our hope is that more and more people would engage in a conversation around leadership, parish renewal, or maybe you're a business owner and you're just trying to figure out how to live your Catholic life to the full within your business to impact as many human beings as possible. Just such a cool, great life we get to live. And when we're in communion with Jesus, man, we can do some cool things. And so I hope this podcast feeds you. I hope it blesses you. Today, I'm really excited to have a guest named Dan McCarty. I thought Dan and I met in Ireland, but he's just started telling a story. I said, hold the story, because it was a good story. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Rod. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And you got a brand new job. Congratulations. Tell our listeners, viewers, uh, your new role. Thank you. So uh, I am the new network director for the Great Lakes region of Alpha USA, which is Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, the Midwest. Yeah. Love it. I find I, I'm having more and more clients in that area, and it's just so much fun to uh, to partner together as we move forward. Uh, I just think you're great. Uh, I thought we met in Ireland. You're like, no, Ron, we didn't. And so tell the story, because I thought it was really fun. You're about to lead into another story. Absolutely. I just thought, okay, yeah. I want to hear it in real time. So we got to know each other um, in Ireland uh, for the Alpha Ireland Conference in 2019. But prior to that, I was working at a parish here in Indiana, and we were on the Divine Innovation, kind of checking it out, doing Alpha. And so we attended DR18 there in Halifax. Um, and one of the goals I had the whole time was if I'm going to get a couple minutes with somebody from, you know, DR, I'm going to talk to Ron. I just, I connected with some of the videos and things. He thinks like I do. And so it hadn't happened yet. There's just all these amazing people, conversations everywhere. So I thought, you know, it's cool. I'll connect with them afterwards. But we are at the, the lower deck, kind of the, the bar restaurant afterwards, kind of the celebration after everything's done. And I'm going up to get a drink and I see Ron sitting there. I'm thinking, oh, this guy's getting a breather. You know, he's had all these people talking to him, but I'm going to take two minutes. And so I just introduced myself, said where I was from. And I remember what I asked. I think it was something about, you know, how do we really get the people in our church looking outside the walls? We're working on Alpha. We're working on all this. I said, you know, we've done a number of Alphas and we're getting some traction. Um, it was something about that. Mm -hmm. And you, you said it's reliance on the Holy Spirit, man. And I was just like, I know. But then you kind of, you just looked at me and there was, there was nothing else there. And I think you were, you had just been so filled with everything that that was what the Lord spoke to you at. And I just thought about that the whole way home. It's like reliance on the Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, when we talk about Alpha, we have to expect that God's going to show up. We can do our parts. We can prep. We can train teams. We can make the invites. But if we're not leaving that room for the Holy Spirit to show up and do his thing, then we're not really running Alpha. Um, and so I just want to show that really has stuck with me for 
gosh, four and a half, five years now um, about that. But then we we met uh, in in Ireland. You were uh, our keynote speaker for the Alpha Ireland conference, and so we had some time together. We had this great car ride, actually. Dominic Parham, national director, and I picked you up at the airport and drove a couple hours to this lovely center and just had some really great conversation getting to know each other on the way. Mm, that was that was special. That was such a great trip for me. It was wonderful. felt like a homecoming. I've never been to Ireland, but my... Uh, my family's from there on my mom's side, and it was just so cool to be with all these people that reminded me so much of my uncles and aunts. I, I hope to get back there soon. It was such a wonderful trip. And, and so you were in Ireland at the time working with Alpha Ireland. Yeah. So I was yeah. uh, starting just really, that was my first experience with Alpha Ireland. Um, I knew Dom Parham once again from the DR18. Um, he's the national director of Alpha Ireland, and I'm of Irish heritage. And I heard this kind of Irish guy behind me. And I was like, wait, are you from Ireland? We were there with my wife recently and this, that, and the other. And so we kind of connected over a friendship and he came over the next summer to visit a mutual friend of ours. And we got talking about Alpha and he said, hey, we've got this conference coming up. You've got some ideas around fundraising and development for it. You know, I'd love to talk about them beforehand. And so he invited me over and had just an amazing experience. And while I was there, I kind of realized the board members had all made a point to speak to me and say hello and ask some questions about where I was at. And very shortly afterward, uh, I got a call from Dom and said, hey, we'd love to have you come on board. Would you consider working with us? My wife and I didn't have any children at this point, and we were really yeah. open to moving internationally. And we're like, hey, this is amazing. We're going to move to Ireland. We're going to work for you know these guys. I knew Alpha. I loved Alpha. And um, so we started uh, kind of formally a couple months later. But then um, mm -hmm. my wife and I had planned to move over kind of summer of 2020. And we all know what happened in spring of 2020. Um, so it was a huge shift of kind of what we were thinking, what we wanted to do, but it worked really well because I was remote anyway. I was here in Indiana working on Zoom, trying to figure this out, and the whole world went to Zoom. And so it was this huge blessing for me to really be able to dig into the ministry side of Alpha instead of just kind of development and fundraising and things. And yeah. God just really blessed me. I, I knew I wanted to kind of lean a little more into that, um, but the opportunities and the people that I met, the church leaders, and really their passion for connection and for meeting people it didn't matter where they were from i could have been in sub-saharan africa on zoom it didn't matter they were just so <laughs> amazingly welcoming um and so then to kind of continue the story there of how i got to alpha usa we said all right this pandemic is going to take a little while we're going to push back to summer 2021 you know give us all time give you some time to find a house you find your wife a job over here great we're excited and then the lord blessed us with a pregnancy um, we got pregnant with our, our son, Matthew. Yeah, we were so, so amazingly excited, but we realized that if we're having a kid in July of 2021, I don't know that moving to Ireland at the same time is really going to be the thing we want to do. Um, yeah. So we said, you know what, one more year. Let's push it back just a little bit farther. I mean, just amazing things were happening. I was over there a couple times a year for a week or two. We said, you know, we can do this. Um, and then the Lord decided one kid was not enough. He's going to bless us with a second very quickly. Um, so... <laughs> Um, we, in uh, April, May of this year, uh, I sat down with Dom and our leadership and I said, I just don't think we can commit to a date. I said, I'd love to have a date on paper. It's still kind of our dream at this point to make it over there, raise our children, raise our family in Ireland. Um, but I don't think that's really what the Lord wants us to do. So we had this couple months of discernment trying to figure out what's going on. And I was actually headed to HTB, the home of Alpha for my first ever HTB experience in early June. Um, right. and I, I'd seen the job description for my current role just before we left. And I was like, it's too good. It's where I'm at. It's what I'm doing currently. There's no way this is, this is legit or whatever. So I, I took it with me. <laughs> um, and the first day I'm there, I'm sharing it with a couple of team members. And there was just this massive moment of prayer over me and over what God wanted next. And that I would discern kind of what my, you know, where he was leading me next. 
it was very clear that it was here. It was locally. Um, so mm. got back and I called uh, Jessica Gatton, who's now our VP of ministry um, for Alpha USA. She was in this role formerly. And I said, hey, Jess, here's who I am. Curious about this role. You know, sell me on it. Tell me a little bit about it. It seems too good to be true with what I've been doing. And um, I mean, the, just, the pieces aligned from there. It was uh, really God led. The Holy Spirit was in it the whole way. And um, so I've been early September. I started in my second month now, and it's just been amazing. I mean, the Holy Spirit is just, I can almost see him everywhere I'm at these last few months and who I'm talking to. So uh, just all praise to him for, for leading me here at the moment. Yeah. Wow. What a great story of, of, of how our life unfolds. Like, boy, we have plans, we have ideas and, and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it sounds like in all of that, you and your wife stayed close to Jesus. This opportunity to work with Dom was just a great leader, mm -hmm. amazing team. I love mm. the team over there. They're so cool. So to be integrated in that team, to be formed there so that you would be ready for this role with yeah. a, a set of experiences you most people never would have had the opportunity to get. Yeah. Like, isn't that cool? Oh, it's amazing. And you know, one of the things, so this area of the United States is kind of considered the Bible Belt. So we have churches on every corner from every denomination, every tradition. You know, just taking my son to daycare two miles down the road, I drive by six churches. I mean, it's just right. that. And there's a lot of slight differences between them all. And so working yeah. in Ireland with, you know, not just the Catholic Protestant divide, that big picture, but the different mm. traditions and denominations on the Protestant side there really prepared me in a way that it, I couldn't have had anywhere else for working here. So, um, right. yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, it really you, is. Because you are Catholic, but you're responsible for yeah. Alpha in general, which is just so beautiful. I know yeah. we've been so blessed here in Atlantic Canada uh, with Elaine Young, who was no, no longer with Alpha, uh, she, but with them for, boy, over 20 years probably. Mm -hmm. And she's from an Anglican background. And really, she launched Alpha in a Catholic context here in a big way, really helped um, Father James and I to connect in ways that were meaningful. And of course, yeah. he went on to do all kinds of crazy cool things. And and so I just love when different traditions can work together for God's glory. It just makes so much sense. And so yeah. I'm excited for you in that role. Oh, thank it's you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it, it, it's, it gets even a little more picture perfect, Ron. It really is one of these moments. So I was raised in a Protestant background. Um, so I converted to the church uh, just after high school. And so um, my experience growing up of, we kind of bounced from church to church as we were little, mm -hmm. partially because my siblings and I were just really rambunctious. We were bored and we didn't <laughs> want to sit through this on Sunday morning. And so my parents, they really wanted us raised in church. They wanted that foundation. Yeah. Um, but it was really trying to find someplace that had some teaching that my mom specifically agreed with that was also entertaining or lively enough to keep us entertained. And so we probably went seven, eight years bouncing between all kinds of churches. So I was experienced. I got to see this kind of buffet of where God is present in all these places. And he was, no doubt he was present in so many places. And I got to see kind of the little almost charisms, the little gifts back and forth. And so that's been something that I've carried with me. Um, and then when I was in, in kind of middle school, I had a rather traumatic experience at a youth group where I was, I was banned from this youth group. I mean, these people that were friends of mine were told that I was a horrible um, kind of influence to not have anything to do with me. And so as like a 14 year old, I said, okay, well, this God guy doesn't exist. There's no way that if, if God, you know, I've been learning about that I've been going to church hearing about all these years is real, that these people wouldn't have treated me this way. So I kind of went as far from God as I could. I said, I'm going to enjoy everything I can, you know, party. And, you know, you've heard the story, you're familiar with it, but somewhere something had clicked. There was this little spark of a higher power. And so at about 16 and a half, 17, and, and I've tried 
for the past few months especially to figure out what it was that that kind of flipped the switch but i'm not sure mm. something said i need to find where god is or where this higher power is and so i started with eastern religion i thought well he's not in this christian world based on my experiences so I deep dove into kind of research. I was reading books. I was talking to people. I was watching videos, trying to intellectually find where it was. And I mm. rather quickly wiped off Eastern religion, Judaism, Islam off the, it's like, no, there's something, but it's not really where I believe God is. And so I started back to Christian church and I, I was at a stand a standpoint. I was like, where? So I, I went to the used bookstore and I bought this encyclopedia of denominations. It was published in probably 1940. I thought, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything I need to. I'm going to find God here. And I started just going through it and being in the Bible belt, I knew a lot of people. Um, I had a number of friends whose fathers were parent or pastors and things like this. And so I just started making connections. I was like, I got questions. I know a little bit, but I need to know more. Started reading the Bible. It was like, I've got a firsthand experience. I need to know what I'm talking about. And I started, I could feel I was getting closer. I was on that path. I was getting warmer and warmer. But while I'm an intellectual guy, I really rely on my gut to tell me yes or no. And my gut just hadn't said, he's here. This is it. I hadn't had that encounter. Um, and I was, I was running out of options. And the Catholic Church was one that I really didn't have experience with. There's not a, lot, a strong Catholic population in my hometown. Um, and I knew, I was trying to think of friends I knew, and I knew one guy. And being an 18-year-old, we're almost ready to graduate high school, I go to yeah. him, I said, hey, I've got questions. Can you tell me about the church? He's like, man, I don't know. You know, my mom drags me a couple <laughs> times a month, um, but I don't really know. You should talk to my priest. So, all right. So I, I called up this priest, tiny parish, um, like 60 people on Christmas. That's how big this parish is. Tiny little oh, parish. Wow. I called him up, said, hey, you know, I'm kind of your, your dream come true. I'm a young man that has questions that's searching for God. Um, and it was, it created an experience that it took me years to find again. And I found it in Alpha was hospitality. It was an open floor. I could ask any question. It was welcoming. It was invitational. There was no judgment and it made all the difference in the world. Um, and after a few months of just, we'd have lunch together once a week and we'd just talk. I'd have questions about things. He'd, you know, talk about my life, my experiences. Then he'd slowly tie it into the church's teaching and the core beliefs and kind of practices. And after a few months, he said, this is what RCIA is. You're kind of doing it already. What do you think about it? And I said, let's do it. So um, I came in, I joined the church at Easter when I was 19, um, and it was clear as a bell. I, I knew this was where I was called to be. I saw God in his complete fullness. I experienced it um, in the mass, in the worship. And now this isn't a giant modern church. You know, we had a 70-year-old lady right. playing the organ on Sundays. You know, it wasn't one of these where, you know, we're worshiping and hands up and all this stuff. It was just something about the community that God was present there. And a young man searching was able to find him. Um, and so it, in my kind of college university days, I fell off the boat a little bit, you know, I was, I was a college kid, you know, mm -hmm. but I had this foundation now. I knew that I'd searched that he had, he was there waiting on me when I said yes, when I opened that door. Um, but I wasn't sure as my life changed where that fit. So there was a Newman center on uh, ball state university campus, um, at the Catholic church. I knew it was where the Catholic kids went. But I was like, yeah, you know, this is where all those kids that went to Catholic elementary and Catholic middle school, this is where they're at. You know, these aren't, I don't know these guys. So I was very, very kind of off. I was like, I'm not going to try this. So finally, I'd, I'd reached rock bottom and some areas of my life got kicked out of the house I was living in. I moved back with my parents. I'm like, I got to get my life together here. So I went um, to like the Sunday afternoon mass. I'm like, there's not going to be anybody here. I don't have to be invitational. I don't have to meet people. And one of these college guys came up afterwards. He's like, hey, you know, do you go to Ball State here? We have all these things for students. We'd love to invite you. So he invited me. 
And I went that Wednesday night um, and they had kind of this gathering and each week they did kind of different, just fun things. Anybody wanted to come and this was like, I'll learn to dance. So they had like swing dancing and salsa dancing. And I'm like, what did I get into? This is, you know, this is like 2004, 2005. It's like, this is oh. way too weird for me. But I didn't feel like I could leave. I was already there. They'd fed me or something, got to know me. And so they kind of paired me up with this random girl to like do these dance lessons with. And it was fine. You know, it was fun, whatever. But then I said, yeah, this is not for me. I got to find someplace else. Well, yeah. five, six months later, I found myself there again because of music. I'm a musician. I'm a drummer, lifelong drummer. Oh. And they had a band. They had guitar, they had vocals, they had drums occasionally, had piano, and the music was just a little different. It caught my attention. I said, you know what, maybe that's it. I don't have to really interact with all these people. I can sit behind in the music area. So I reached out, I offered my, my talents and started. And one of the things that the Newman Center did was they had this Christian leadership program internship. So for two semesters, you could apply to live in community with other students and you would live on the grounds. You would serve kind of the parish and the Newman Center for free room and board, you know, so you didn't have to pay um, for living in the dorms and things like that. Really great opportunity. But you had a separate kind of ministry that you were responsible for. And right. this girl that I danced with a number of months before was responsible for music ministry. So she was kind of cantering, she was singing, helping. Um, and so we got to know each other a little bit. And maybe a month into this, we were playing Sunday night mass again, Sunday evening mass. And it was uh, the worship leader on guitar, acoustic guitar, me playing very softly on drums in the background. And she was singing um, and we were, I think, uh, I don't remember what part of the mass we were in, but it's very slow, kind of quiet. And God spoke to me, um, very like time stopped. And he said, she is for you, the singer, this cantor. She, you know, this one is for you. It's up to you to kind of figure it out how this is. And I'm thinking, what, what is happening here? I knew it was God, but you know, time, I'm just like a movie, time stops, the screen pauses. And so everything comes back up and I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, what's going on here? The song ends, mass ends. And I developed this friendship a little bit with her, but I certainly was not looking to, you know, find my wife or my partner. So I went up to her afterwards and said, Hey, it's going to sound crazy, but God spoke to me in mass. And I think we should go on a date. Um, and it took a little convincing, but God love her. We got married, uh, four years later. We have two lovely kids now, 13 years of marriage. But, uh, um, so I have this pattern of God, speaking to me and from, you know, I've learned to say yes. You know, you had a guest from Yes Catholic on recently on one of your podcasts. And as I was listening to that, I'm thinking, whoa, he's telling his story about how he created. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is almost, I know this, I've heard this, you know, God speaking to me and that I have to say yes. He wants me to say yes. And so yeah. it's just, that's what led me where I'm at today. I said yes then. I said yes to a parish work for the first time, which led me to DR and Alpha, which led me to Alpha Ireland. And it's led me here and honestly, it just makes me even more excited about what I can say yes to in the future. Um, because it's what, you know, we hear about, you know, what God has in store is better than what we can dream for ourselves, right? God's plans for us are so much better than, than we can create for ourselves. And I like to say that, but I think I'm at a point now where I truly believe it. You know, it's, I, I can't deny it. I'm like, look at what he's done in my life. Look at what he's done with my family. Of course, his dreams are better than, than what I can imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. What a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that might have been a longer story than you were really looking for, but I've gotten used to telling it in the past few months. So, <laughs> Well, I love hearing it. So no, that, there's no time limit okay. on stories. That, that is so fun. You know, it, it makes me realize, you know, as a, as a young man and, and at different points where, where you found yourself searching, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for us to, part of our search is who, 
maybe defined by who we're not or who we don't want to be around mm -hmm. uh, or, or who aren't our peeps or our tribe, so to speak. And, yeah. and, and yet, you know, uh, my fiance Nicole is going through alpha right now and it's so cute to hear her come home and tell her story about the people she's meeting. And, you know, they're from different ethnic backgrounds, like different parts of the world. You know, not everybody speaks English as the first language and they have different stories, different levels of, I don't know, social, sociability and, yeah. and you name it. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> Alpha's messy. Like yeah. you sit at this table and you wonder, am I even going to like these people? And I always say by week three, it's kind of like, actually, I do like these people. I know they're really different from me. I know yeah. that I wouldn't have necessarily sought them out as friends. But as you begin to know their story, it's like, no, they're actually really likable. Yeah. And, and so it's fun to watch her journey through that. Well, that is cool. Yeah, yeah. Making new friends, meeting new people. And I, I have no idea who these people are yet, but I know at some point in time, they're going to be my friends too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think that's part of the piece. Like I just see you as a young man, just, you know, this, this, this deep frantic search for purpose and meaning and, and mm -hmm. truth and, and I can just picture you sitting at my table, uh, me not yeah. knowing you at all and going, this guy has a whole ocean of a story behind him. And what a tragedy if I don't know it. Yeah. Like, what a, you know, and yeah. so, so fun. Thank you for sharing. That oh, absolutely. So cool. Like, yeah. Neat to see DR played a role in that. And mm -hmm. now you connected you and Dom and then that took off and then that yeah. connected you to the Great Lakes. And what's so fun is I went to the Alpha USA conference with Father Samuel Maletta and the folks from St. John the Evangelist in St. John, Indiana. And I think they had 21 people there. That conference was a game changer for the people that went. They went from people who knew each other really friendly at church to really tight friendships mm -hmm. that mean a lot to them. And that's, that's a game changer. It is. And, yeah. uh, and then to find out there was even a Great Lakes region, I got really excited because mm -hmm. I just, I see and I believe that Alpha can play such a significant role in the transformation of parishes. And, and I'd even say to, to you as pastors, a transformation in your priesthood because it, it can be a slugfest. And sometimes you feel like you're feeding people who aren't hungry. Yeah. But Alpha creates this hunger and this generosity of spirit, of time, of, of finances that, that puts wind back in your sails as a pastor because it can feel lonely. It can feel like you're pushing a rock uphill. But as more and more people encounter Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit and, and there's a unity of purpose, uh, it can reignite a parish. And, and so to be able to work with you in the Great Lakes region with Father Sam Maletta and the folks from St. John the Evangelist, I mean, who knows what God's going to do? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate I met Father Sammy, uh, Father Declan and Louie there on staff recently. Uh, my second week at Alpha, I was uh, invited to Chicago, the Archdiocese of Chicago. Amazing Alpha practitioners there. They just love Alpha. They, they really do some amazing things with it. And so they invited people from around the world to come experience and explore Alpha a little bit. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, and so I was sitting there and these guys said, oh, yeah, from St. John, Indiana. I was like, great. You're my people. Uh, I'm here. And <laughs> just the opportunity to hear what Alpha has done at that parish in the last few years and what they've done yeah. through just intentional creation of, it's not creation of programs, but what they use. So uh, one of the things Father Sam and I were talking about is that, you know, you can have 300 programs, you know, at your church, 300 ministries, things like that. But they're all going to be having different goals, different people in them. You're going to be pulling from the same pool. And so we talked about that they have kind of a rather narrow focus on what they offer and what they encourage. And the results they have, I mean, just speak for themselves. 
I mean, he was, mm. he was speaking to me about, you know, they've been really leaning into kind of fathers and husbands and what their role is. And he said the response they're getting from men who have maybe taken a very passive kind of experience of their family in the church, just the response has been amazing. And so it was really heartening for me to hear and Alpha played a part in that. And, you know, there's uh, Father Declan's a rather young priest and then Father Nate, who was there formerly has his own parish. You know, these are, these are young guys a couple years out of seminary that they see and they understand what Alpha can do. And so I'm just so excited about the future of their parishes as these guys really build into Alpha and the experience they're going to have even in a decade from now on kind of how it works and best practices and how to share it in their communities. I mean, it's things that as a network director, we kind of pray for. It's like, where are these guys at? Let's yeah. find these churches and these church leaders. And um, it's just really amazing to see what they're doing. And there's stories of that all throughout Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio, the three states that I cover. Um, and I will say one thing that I love about the Catholic Church in Alpha is that there are little pockets where they've heard about it through something, whether it's DR or something else, and they try it. Um, but in the Catholic Church, we're really good about, yeah, we don't need anybody else's help. We're doing this. We don't need to contact Alpha USA and get training or get this, that, and the other. And so we do it well. And so I'm just finding these little kind of nuggets. Like, yeah, we've been doing it for four or five years, and we've had 300 people come through Alpha. I'm like, this is amazing. We didn't know anything about it, but now we do. How can we help? How can I serve you? And um, so yeah. it's just really a joy to kind of explore and learn this territory and meet all these wonderful people. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you, were, you were talking to the pastors, and I will say there's something about a built-in win that comes when Alpha is moving at a parish, especially when they kind of get it off the ground. They they invest their time and energy and resources into doing it well and really kind of building into their pastoral plans for a year or two is that mm. they get this win. And it's not something, you know, we're not about the win, but often, you know, priests today, they have so much on their plate. They're so worn out at times. They're, they're so exhausted. They're trying to, um, you know, rebuild themselves as that win can make a huge difference. And just their mm. attitude towards a parish, towards what's possible, you know, kind of that renewal in their own hearts towards mission and creating missionary disciples. And Alpha, it can create that win. It's so, so quickly almost when it's done well that um, it's not something I, I, I share often, but it's something that I think more people need to understand is that it's something to celebrate, right? Um, we have to, we have to celebrate. I know that's one of the things that I got excited about um, when I was first learning about DR and some of that is, you know, the Sundays when they would have the people stand up who have had their, their lives, they've met God, encountered God in a new way recently, or the Alpha celebrations. I said, that's it. I love talking to churches about that, saying, let's celebrate, even if it's five people and they're spread out at three masses. Let's talk into it. Let's speak into it. Let's share why. And let's bless them. You know, let's clap for them. Let's share a prayer over them as a congregation, whatever that is. Let's really celebrate it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. What's funny as you talk about yeah, even Father Sammy and the folks at St. John the Evangelist, Lily, it was kind of a neat scenario. They, they too went to Divine Renovation Conference, and actually it was DR16, and, oh, wow. and Father Sammy was absolutely convicted that, that Alpha was something they needed to do, so they went off and did it. Uh, and they did it for years before I started coaching them. I wasn't the first coach that they had. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Louie from a focus ministry came on and inherited and so it's like, okay, well, we'll keep it going. And by the time I started coaching them, their alpha had been, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those really uh, delicious loaves in the fridge that they think, I'll just take a little piece off. And then, well, that's not really even, so I'm going to try to even it up. Well, I'm going to cut the corner. And, and next thing you know, there's hardly a morsel left. Yep. And alpha was being sliced and diced in so many ways, it was being reduced. Mm. And and that, I see that's very common. And, and it actually... I get why, because it takes a lot of work and it's hard mm -hmm. and it can be frustrating and, and difficult and discouraging. 
and it also can be the most rewarding thing you've ever done in your life. It's this paradox. Yeah. And and so it, it's, uh, it seems that oftentimes in, in many cases in churches, alpha, the primary goal becomes ease. How can we do this the easiest way? Mm-hmm. And when easy becomes your primary goal, your primary value, you will start to cut corners. And the more corners you cut, you'll reduce it to the impact that is not very impressive at all. And that, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't say they were there, but they were on their way there. They were working and, with, yeah. and so we, we were able to, comp- you know, I would say 90% transform that alpha in one season. Louis yeah. was as courageous as the day is long. Father Sammy was so supportive. And the team and the staff just got around it and transformed it. <laughs> and the That's impact amazing. shot through the roof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, alpha in and of itself can can be reduced mm-hmm. to easy. And uh, my guess is if alpha's easy for you, you're probably not getting near the results you could because alpha yeah. isn't easy. I remember years ago finding out at HTB that the person that coordinates their alpha is only in that role for two years. I'm like, what? It takes so long to get yeah. to know and understand. It's like, yeah, but it also burns you out. Mm-hmm. And so there are so many churches that have the same person doing it five and six years. And guess what? They get tired. Yeah. And they start to cut corners. And it's understandable. It's reasonable, but it's not helpful. And so I, I'd much rather see people to, to build it up, to do it as well as they can, mm-hmm. and then to find somebody else to turn it over to at some yeah. point who's going to bring that passion, that energy, that purpose. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, and, you know, one thing you talk about a lot, Ron, is that leadership pipeline um, that Alpha is. You know, as people come through guest to helper, to table helper and host, and then on through kind of this world of what's possible to serve at your local parish. And I think when that's embraced and that's done well, we get less burnout at the top because we're readily available with new people, new blood, new replacements that maybe they've had the option to see a little bit more of what that entails. Um, And that's one of those areas as well that churches can cut corners on because, you know, I've got to now I've got to kind of manage a couple extra volunteers. I maybe have to coach a little bit. I've got to get to know them. But isn't that part of what Alpha is? It's about building these connections with each other, too. And so it's an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's an opportunity to take these connections, these relationships, and build them even more to the body of the church. Um, and so that's it's one of my other favorites to talk about is that that leadership pipeline, what's possible. Because a lot of times, you know, we have that, well, I got the same five people that do everything. They're going to be on my alpha team. I'm like, okay, let's do that once. Let's not let's not burn them out from the other ministries. Let's get let's get yeah. an alpha going. And if they want to, they have the time and effort and the desire to do this. Okay, let's do that. But let's not plan on the next three alphas that they're the same team as well as doing everything else they have because you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, yeah. And that can be hard to take because then the next question is, well, who do I who do I get to do this team? I said, well, let's run it first with these guys and let's work on this team. Let's build it. Let's build the relationships. Let's talk about how that's possible, how we can start identifying and coaching um, in between our alphas. Um, and thankfully, a lot of times it's they can see the value there. Um but it's such an amazing piece of alpha that so many churches don't ever experience because they run it once with the same people and they say, nah, it didn't work for us. We didn't have a whole bunch of new people in RCIA, didn't have a whole bunch of new baptisms. The church didn't fall on Sunday now. Um, well, let's talk about why. Let's talk about how we can make that happen in a few mm. years. It takes time. Um, you know, tricky. one of the, yeah. It's tricky. I remember years ago doing Alpha in a small town of 10,000, only one Catholic church, which was new for me. I've never been in a town that only had one Catholic church. And uh, and I ran Alpha for three seasons in a row, 
picked, handpicked the team with the pastor who asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, o- I was only getting people who were kind of socially on the fringe and wonderful people loved getting to know them, but they didn't have capacity to be on team. Mm-hmm. And so then I'd go into another season, try to promote completely differently, try a bunch, you know, you know, with the pastor support, do testimonies and everything else yeah. and, and still not getting the people that could make the change. And the third season, exact same thing. By the fourth season, we decided to call it Date Night Alpha, move it from Wednesdays to Fridays, provide mm-hmm. a children's ministry as a part of it, and then challenge men to take their wife out on a date, have dinner, a movie, some conversation, and your yeah. children will be looked after and have a ball, and it's only gonna cost about, it's free, but we asked people to, if they could give $8 towards the food that we're gonna yeah. put in front of them. I said, sure. I literally said when promoting it, does anybody, uh, is anybody feel that their wife's not worth 16 bucks? Raise your hand if your wife's not worth, and of course everybody laughed, and we filled the place with people who could then form training. But you know what happened, Dan? By then we burnt out the team. Because sure. I couldn't bring new people onto the team because the people that were doing alpha couldn't be on team. Yeah, they didn't have the capacity. Yeah, and what was interesting was there was a new pastor in a Baptist church in that town, and he didn't really know what alpha was. So instead of allowing them to continue to grow their alpha, he put a stop to it. Okay, and one of them was a good friend of mine, and so I asked him, "Would your team be willing to come down and be our team here at the Catholic Church?" They said, well, let me talk to talk about this. And they got back to me. They were so excited that a bunch of Baptists would be invited yeah. to come be a part of the team at the Catholic Church. And, and, and so they came, and we ran an amazing alpha. And then we finally had the team that we could yeah. start to build up and grow. But it can be really hard. And I would suggest, yeah. and I, I'd be interested, here's a question for you. Yeah. What I'm noticing post-COVID is some churches are rebooting the whole culture of their parish like they've lost volunteers they've lost their Mm -hmm. alpha they've lost any of the momentum that they felt they'd built up seems to in many ways for some churches seems to be a complete reboot yeah and i think the temptation is to go and get those people from 15 years ago that you were doing alpha with or 10 years ago and make those your team again and i think what's happening is they're seeing even with the great promotion they're seeing numbers significantly uh, decreased. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I've I've heard some some similar stories happening. I think I, I've even heard uh, church I spoke with last week. They were struggling because it wasn't 15 years ago. It was the people that were really interested when they went online. The pandemic, um, right. they got, really got invested on kind of that virtual community, and they mm-hmm. disappeared. Um, and they thought, you know what, this is a great opportunity to. Uh, really dig into them. And some of them started showing up, but now they're saying, oh, I've got new blood. I need to put them in everything I can. And right. so it's it's that we're going to burn out in six months, you know, because these are mm-hmm. these are people that maybe don't have a really strong church background anyway. Um, and now suddenly they had this great experience. They got excited, but now all their time is being called upon by this church to do all this other stuff. And what right. what in my family and my friends, kind of what I've picked up on is that after the pandemic, we need to be able to have our own space more. I think one of the great blessings of the pandemic was that we all realized that we can take some time for us, right? I can have some me time. When we were all stuck in our homes for months at a time, we were forced to. But when it the world opens back up again, we're starting to realize the value of that. And the beauty of that opportunity is that I may not want eight hours a day sitting by myself in my my living room, but you know, half hour a day, an hour a day, that's kind of nice, or even a couple times a week. And so when we now have these 
these drains of our time. You know, the parish is saying, you know, come do this. Oh, can you help with this children's ministry? And can you, by the way, lead this training for our Eucharistic ministers and all this stuff? They're saying, man, I got used to having a little time. I got excited by this church, but now they're not respecting my time and my, you know, my life mm -hmm. here by, by calling all these things. And so the conversation I had was, let's just talk to these people. You know, where are you called to serve? Because I think that's a question in, in churches across the board that can get overlooked is that, you know, mm -hmm. let's talk about discerning. Let's talk about praying. You know, things like APEST, um, some of these mm -hmm. programs out there that can help us look at the bigger picture of what our giftings are and what our charisms are and things. Um, and let's really find out where they're going to be most useful, most fruitful, and get the most life out of. Um, because a lot of times volunteers, especially if the right person asks them, they'll do something maybe they're not comfortable with or they're called to do. But is that really life-giving to them? Is that helping them encounter Jesus in a new way? Is that helping them strengthen their relationships? Maybe. Um, but if we're able to help them realize where their giftings and callings that they can share more, you've seen it. It's so much more blessed for everyone. It's so much more amazing for everyone to have somebody that's giving what they've been given. You know, they're sharing their blessings in that way, in that aspect. And um, so hopefully we'll see some see some one-on-one -on -one conversations happening here, you know, um, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think you're right. There, there tends to be a, we go for, and it's, I think actually what I've seen more of is programs. So not just alpha, mm -hmm. but this program worked in 2015 for us. We're going to go back to 2015 and, and do this program, including the people that ran it the first time. And there are definitely amazing programs out there that we ran in the past, but we're moving back and we've got to move forward. We've got to think about what's next. Mm -hmm. We've got to learn from our past um, you know, how can we grow from it? Um, and how can we keep moving forward? I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a historian. I love history. Um, and I think that, you know, we're doomed to repeat things if we're, if we're not aware of them. And so, um, I think the church has seen that over the history of the Catholic church too, is that we kind of fall into these traps back and forth. And so, um, I'm probably one of these voices that sometime priests and pastors are like, Oh, here comes Dan again. He's only talking about looking forward. Let's look ahead. Let's see what we can do here. But if somebody's not saying that, you know, there's got to be that voice crying in the wind. And there are certainly times I felt that way. Um, but uh, I think God gave me a loud voice for a reason, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel I do feel for pastors and church leaders because in some sense, post lockdown, because I know think we'll be post COVID forever. But post lockdown, um, there is a. I don't know, a temptation to feel we should have everything going that we used to have, or mm -hmm. we should get there as fast as possible. Yeah. And and to your point, there's new sensibilities maybe. I think there, there's been the largest social experiment of my lifetime, which is lockdown. And what's that done to people's values and how they spend their time, their energy levels, everything else? I don't know. How does that yeah. change the family dynamic, how people learn on school? Like there are a lot of things, you know, how people want to go to work or work from home. There's so many things that have changed in such a short period of time. It's hard to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. And the exciting thing about that is we need faith more than ever. We need to be close to Jesus and, and, yeah. and discerning more than ever, doing it out of a team probably now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And 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 yet there are some things we'll probably never get back, to, you know, or, or because maybe it's time to move on or there's something different. And, uh, and it's tricky. Energy yeah. oh, levels are sure. different and changed. But yeah. I think I really believe there's an opportunity for a whole new resurgence of purpose and meaning in this post-lockdown world mm -hmm. that I think Jesus has something to say uh, in all that, which yeah. which is crazy. Cool. What's your hope, Dan, in this new role? And I, again, I just want to be such a support to you and what you're doing because yeah. it's such an important part of that, you know, that 
that reinvigoration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, nobody inspires like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so what's your hope and dream for the Great Lakes region? Yeah. So um, you were, you mentioned something there that I want to touch on. Um, yeah, sure. You were talking about kind of revigorating and there's new opportunities, things like this. Sorry, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this while I uh, um, recall there. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that we are poised now as a church, especially when we use tools like Alpha, to react to these people that are now looking for something, right? So if you read some of the research from like Barna Group and things like that have come out the last couple of years, um, people are more open to other viewpoints than they were in the past coming out of lockdown. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a very common theme. They're more open to having conversations. Now, not being preached at, not being taught, you know, talked down to, mm -hmm. having conversations about maybe the bigger questions in life that Alpha is so good at. And I think that the church, especially in this region, we have such an opportunity to be ready and be prepared for when these people come to us with questions. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Alpha is the best way to do that. So if we we have a culture of Alpha, which means we have Alpha starting multiple times a year, it's not just we do it on January 15th every year and that's it. But if we look at ways to reach people throughout the year, when they come asking questions, we can say, hey, we've got this great conversation happening. I'd love to include you into it. I'd love for you to be able to share your viewpoints and hear from these other great people in this small group. And suddenly it's the, oh man, maybe this is what I've been looking for. You know, maybe from my experience of being kind of closed off and alone a little bit, maybe in lockdown that I've been searching for, here's an opportunity to do that. Now, sure, maybe it's at a Christian church. Maybe it's not at a church. Maybe you've gone off site for this. But I think that the churches have such, and, you know, organizations, ministries have such an opportunity to receive what is being kind of put in front of us at the moment, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I almost see it as, as God is prepping so many people through the last few years to be open to an encounter with him. But where are they going to encounter him? If churches aren't preparing, if they aren't aware of this, they aren't ready for it. Um, and there are a lot of great opportunities out there. I just happen to think Alpha is one of the best, if not the best, for doing that. It's such a soft entry point. Everybody likes dinner, free dinner or $8 dinner to help cover it. They like meeting new people, they like watching high quality films or hearing somebody passionate speak about something they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then the ability to express their doubts maybe or express mm -hmm. their long harbored resentments or questions they've had and not be judged for it. That was one of the things, the first time I experienced Alpha, um, I was working at a church and it was a young adult. So it was kind of 21 to 35. I was just barely in that upper age limit. And, and I went on this kind of as staff that was helping run it and things like that, but I hadn't actually experienced it. And about the third session, oh, wow. it really clicked that the playing field is level here. It doesn't matter if I'm a college professor with no background or a you know devout agnostic. It doesn't matter if I'm a firm believer that's working in parish. Suddenly we're all in the same field where we can ask the same questions. We can, and it was it was that moment that I realized the power and the potential of Alpha. I said, this is what so many people need because you know, even if we have questions, so I, I worked uh, just out of college, I was working for a healthcare system. Um, and one of the ladies there found out that I was pretty active in my faith. I went to church and I like talking about God. And she came from a very kind of apostolic background. And when she found out I was Catholic, kind of wanted to challenge me a little bit. Um, and so we had this ongoing for months, this kind of back and forth that started out rather friendly and ended up kind of this apologetics war. You're right, I'm wrong, here's why, here's what tradition says, here's what the Bible says back and forth. And at that point, I realized this is not the way for me to evangelize. This is not the way for me to share my faith, let alone with the intention of somebody else meeting Jesus. Um, and so 
it took me a while to find how can I do that? And that's one of the other things I love about Alpha is that I don't have to be great about sharing the details of the Catholic faith and my passion with somebody else because mm. Alpha can help them start that encounter. And then that church or parish can help choose what's next. You know, one of the questions we get at Alpha a lot is, well, what do we do after Alpha? We got these people together. They've encountered maybe. They've had this amazing prayer ministry over the weekend, hopefully. Um, but what do we do now? I don't know what's next. What does Alpha tell me to do now? So this is the beauty of where your parish, your church, no matter what denomination, you can start making this your own, right? Because the question we want is that we've had people encounter, they've got maybe kind of some Christianity 101, some of the basics, who's Jesus, the Bible, introducing them to prayer. But all of our churches now want to say, how do we incorporate them into our church, into our tradition, our denomination or whatever? I said, this is where you can start that process. Use what you've learned, use what these people are at, the stage they're at, and find a way to start catechizing, to use a term in our church, in the Catholic church, you know, start the religious education piece, start incorporating them into the life and the body in a new way. Alpha is not about suddenly, you know, I'm a member of the Catholic church at the end of Alpha, or I'm a member of the, the local Nazarene church or the church of God, whatever it is. It's the first step in that process. And there's beauty in the next steps are up to your church, right? Up to your pastor, if you're a Bible church or a local church, up to um, and that excites me. You know, I think there's, there's now we have a lot of resources we recommend. I've used some amazing resources the last few years and after alphas and groups I've helped run, but it's, there's a freedom here that a, church, a lot of churches I think shy away from because, you know, we've given them this wonderful packaged content and said, here's trainings, here's how to do it. And now it's like, well, what's next? Can you hold our hand a little bit further? Can you walk us down the, and we're certainly happy to help equip and serve them in that way. But I try and get that excitement that here's how you make the connection between what they've just experienced and what they're going to experience on Sunday or throughout the week or as, you know, life in the church that they're at now. So um, that's one of the things I'm excited Alpha's, about. Yeah. Go ahead. I think Alpha's been very clever and intentional about not getting into that conversation, haven't they? Because they do work across denominations mm -hmm. and traditions and and have uh, never want it to be uh a parachurch organization, if that's the right term, or didn't want to feel like they were telling people how to run their church. They were just trying to help people bring people to Jesus. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. they've, and that was one of the, I remember years ago writing a, church, a, a talk called Alpha, a small piece of a bigger puzzle. Uh -huh. Because I always saw in our Catholic context, there's a lot of things we don't get particularly right. We're really good at catechesis. Yep. Uh, however, doesn't seem to keep people overly connected to Jesus and give them a, and so there's this, there's this opportunity to put things together very intentionally, which I certainly appreciate. Uh, but you know, one of the things I think is key is that, you know, next steps after Alpha, yes, as churches, we have an opportunity to figure out what that looks like, but Truly, the person who's in charge of that is the person who's just experienced Alpha. Yeah. And I've always loved um, HTB's perspective on that. They never pushed. They never pushed. And, and some churches I see get so zealous about not wanting to lose anybody that they really start yeah. to do the hard sell. And I'm just thinking, ah, Jesus didn't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it always makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, you know, I remember uh, hearing how they did it, and I just do it that way ever since maybe yeah. they've changed it but it, it was at the end it's like i hope you've enjoyed alpha as much as we've enjoyed putting it on for you 
uh, if you've come from another tradition, another background, and, and you've been away, and this has helped you reconnect with Jesus, and you want to get involved in your church, give that person, a, give your pastor a call or your local denomination yeah. and let them know what happened and ask them, ask them if, uh, you know, just ask them if they could use your help and, and, and mm -hmm. try to connect, and that'll be the best call they've ever gotten. However, if you don't have a spiritual home and you'd like to find out what it looks like to be a part of this parish, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just always I love, love that ability to, I'm not going to hold on to you like you're mine because you've done Alpha. You're not mine. Yeah. You know, you know, it's been our privilege and honor to serve you and to care for you through this experience. And if that's been helpful and that is a piece of your, you know, getting closer yeah. to Christ going forward. Great. And if you don't have a home, like let's, let's talk about that because doing 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 faith by yourself it's that's boy that's tough yeah it takes a community <laughs> that's yeah i'm not that strong well dan yeah. i appreciate you sharing your story it's been fun really fun to get to know you even better and to hear how this thread of god's grace has been in your life and and, and your obedience to that your your earnest desire to search to trust your gut to, to do the work intellectually, to take risks socially in terms of different groups and trying different things. Like your wonderful example of, of this pursuit for purpose, this pursuit for truth. And I, it's an honor to, to get to know you even better on the show today. So thank you for making the time. And for those of you, again, who are watching today on YouTube, I would just ask you to hit the thumbs up or subscribe. That would be so helpful. Uh, and if you're listening on podcast, and thank you for listening. Uh, please uh, ask a question, rate the show. All that stuff helps. Uh, appreciate everything that you do to make your place of work or your place of worship an amazing place. God bless you all. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.